Welcome to The People on K-Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Matthew Timmons. And I'm Ben White, and we're your host on The People. The People features the voices and ideas of the people that make up the cultural landscape of Los Angeles, the West Coast, and beyond on K-Chung, 1630 AM, every third Sunday at 3 PM. Like a broken record, magically repaired. In Chinatown, Los Angeles, set your dial to 1630 AM, or listen to the live stream at kchungradio.org. That's K-C-H-U-N-G radio.org. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. The show is hosted by Insert Blanc Press. Go to insertblancpress.net and click on The People at the top of the page. There you can find out more about our guests as you're listening to the show. Our guests today on The People are Jay Urker and Guru Rugu. Jay Urker co-directs Weekend, which is an artist-run space, uh, and is a Los Angeles-based multimedia artist whose recent work focuses on collaborative actions that draw awareness to the possibilities and potentialities inherent in the ordinary workaday, everyday. This approach can be seen in her recently completed Facebook project, Invitation to Collaborate, Artwork. She has exhibited and performed at various non-commercial spaces in Los Angeles, San Francisco, St. Louis, and New York. Guru Rugu is a celebrated, best-selling, self-published, self-helper from Los Angeles who has changed the lives of millions with his simple but effective experimental meditations. He has been helping turn your desperation into, into inspiration since 1955 when he helped co-found the Los Angeles Meditation Ghostwriters Guild, local number 012, where he still serves as chief meditating officer, CMO, and intern coordinator. In 1971, Guru Rugu helped co-found the Experimental Meditation Center of Los Angeles, which has no center, with artist Adam Overton. Guru Rugu currently hosts Guru Rugu's Experimental Meditation Hour on K-Chung Radio, AM 1630. Hey, that's the same station you're listening to right now, and you can hear his show every first Sunday from 10 to 11 p.m. Jay Erker and Guru Rugu, welcome to the people. Welcome. Hi. Hey. And just so everyone knows, there is actually a show up at General Projects, Insert Blanc Press HQ, Chris Nimi Studio in downtown uh, called General Projects, Jay Erker and Guru Rugu. Um, and so if you're listening to the show now, then you can actually come to a, uh, a performance event on November 23rd, Saturday, November 23rd at 8 p.m. Um, and I think that we wanted to start first with you, Jay Erker. And the work that you're going to be showing at, at General Projects is the invitation to collaborate artwork. Sure. Um, so I did an invitation to collaborate artwork from June to August, about uh, about three months altogether. And it took place on a Facebook event page. Um, how that started and the reasons why I wanted to do it was, uh, well, first of all, I work as a paralegal in a large law firm in downtown Los Angeles. And I'm, I'm really busy. So I'm an artist, you know, my husband and I run an artist-run space, and then I have this full-time job working as a paralegal. And unfortunately, working as a paralegal, especially at this law firm, takes up a lot of energy. Like I get home from work every day and I'm tired and, and I just want to relax and zone out or something. So, you know, it's not like I can get home and make artwork and, you know, for four hours or anything. It often takes up my time on the you know, my free time as well. So I was like, okay, well, why don't I make artworks at work? So I was thinking, you know, I could do some performances and stuff, and I could do these, like, kind of discreet, kind of private things there. But then I was like, you know, that's not interesting. Why don't I bring people into it? Why don't I bring people into this job? Um, 
And so I, I did the Facebook project, Invitation to Collaborate Artwork, where I invited people to send me instructions, whether it be like making sculptures or drawings or, per, or do performances, um, uh, sent to my work email address. And then I would perform them or you know, construct them at work and then document the results of those collaborations on the event uh, page. Maybe it would be good to listen to one of these pieces. We have some audio here, uh, and it's an untitled audio piece uh, from Invitation to Collaborate Artwork. So um, this is part of, well, this was my answer to Sarah Jo Frieden's prompts uh, or instruction. Um, which revolved, her instruction revolved around uh, Jacques Tati's playtime, where in, in the film he does these choreographed movements that have a rhythm and uh, punctuated sound marks. So uh, what I did in response to that is I basically recorded, it's actually a video piece, so the sound is pulled from the video itself. And it just goes through all the different sounds I hear during during the day, and it was, well, one of the good things that happened in, with this project was it, it allowed me to really pay attention to uh, the sensorial, you know, components of my day-to-day. -day. Um, and this one is a montage of all the sounds that I hear all the time uh, or throughout the day, every day. Welcome to work. Welcome to the working.
So what were we, what were, Jay? Oh, this is Guru Rugu, by the way, from Guru Rugu's Experimental Meditation Hour. Hey, Guru Rugu. Also on K-Chung Radio. Hi, Guru Rugu. But this is not Guru Rugu's Experimental Meditation Hour. I'm just here with you guys. Oh, on the man. people. In the future. And I was wondering, Jay, that sounded fantastic. What, what, were we, what were we listening to again? This was your workplace. That's right. Um, so this was shot uh, throughout the day. And I wanted to record specific things that I do every day. One is walk the carpeted halls. And I, I just always, and it's very subtle, but and you could hear it in there, just the sound of my footsteps on that sort of shallow kind of uh, carpet, I don't know, I think is kind of fascinating because it gets monotonous for me because I, re I really don't enjoy my job. It's a very hard job. And so <laughs> those noises take on this kind of quality to them that can be annoying. You know, oh, here I am walking on this carpet again. Um, and some of them are interesting. Uh, like, I like the copy machine sounds. I always try to get a rhythm out of it, make a dance <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm copying. Um, and then the first sound you heard when the clip started was my coworker, um, Kathy, who, when I come to work every morning, she, we always say, welcome to the working. And uh, so that was her, and that's that we do that every day. Um, and then opening doors, the doors are very heavy and they have a specific sound to them. And we have key cards, so there's like the opening the door and then you do the key card. And then there's the elevator, which beeps at every floor. And we often hear other people talking. Um, and then there, I think there's one where I, I'm walking on the carpet and then I open the door and I'm walking on the tiled surface of the bathroom. Um, I think that that's all of it. And then there's like at the end, it's like snacking oh. sounds at a meeting or something. Candy wrappers at a meeting. That's right, sorry. Um, that's calendar meeting. We do that every Wednesday at 3 p.m. And we get snacks. They give us snacks. Oh. Yeah, they good snacks, really. And I, <laughs> and I always take them and uh, bring them back to my desk for later. How aware was were your coworkers that you were doing all these projects? And while we're talking about it, how many total collaborative projects? I've been saying over sixty, but I realize that it's actually over seventy. Which I don't know. In a in a two month period, is that right? A three close months. to three, three months. months. Okay. I, for some reason, yeah. I thought I was thinking it was two months, but yeah. Yeah, it's close to three. And months. And you extended it because you had so many instructions, you couldn't. Well, yeah. I started the project thinking I was going to quit. That's right. On July 31st, that was my goal. And then as the day came forward, uh, I was supposed to tell my bosses that I was going to quit. I started freaking out a little bit, got a lot of anxiety. And as soon as I accepted the idea that I wasn't going to quit, I just felt so much better. And I was like, oh, this must be the right thing, at least for now. So I didn't end up quitting. Um, and I did have a lot more instructions to do, so I kept it going. So I, did the project change, like, when you went through that shift from I'm quitting this job to I'm not quitting this job? Did the project take a, a hard left, or did it maintain its trajectory, or what happened to it? Um, it maintained its trajectory mostly. Um, I think I just really, it was for me, I, I let out a sigh of relief because mm -hmm. I did have a lot more to do. And uh, it became a bunch more casual. I, I was able to concentrate more on it. But then what happened toward the end there is I, a trial came about. 
And so it was really, it got to be very stressful because um, when you're in trial, you it's pretty crazy. Um, and I didn't have much time to do the projects. I would have to stay late um, to do the projects or um, stay late to do my work. And it, it started to get a little crazy. And then I kind of didn't plan out how long the projects would take, which were, to be honest, uh, totally impossible to, to plan with those things. And, and I had to do like three, maybe four a day sometimes. But uh, it, generally, it kind of stayed the same, except for toward the end when I realized I had a lot more to do and the date that I had set for it to, to be completed was coming up. So, Well, can you, can you, I mean, we're going to talk about specific ones for a while, but can you rattle off a couple, like just, just I mean, because there's a lot of interesting ones and a lot of them are really, really funny and they're kind of small scale. Some of them are a little bigger scale. Can you just like throw out a couple? Sure. Um, one of my favorites is uh, my friend Mark Arnold up in Oakland sent me an instruction to be uh, one of my coworkers. Um, I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. And, and what these instructions, like I, I mentioned before, allowed me to do is to really think um, outside of the normal context of my everyday and bring me into this sort of conscious kind of meditative place um, where I could focus on what these people mean to me, what my interactions mean to me, what, like I mentioned earlier, the sounds and the, and the sensual qualities of the workplace. So I, I began to approach it in another way. And uh, I got to know, I got to be uh, my coworker. Uh, so that was one really great one. And that was a crazy day. It just happened to fall on this day where my other coworker, um, her daughter ran away. Oh my and God. so it was this really, and she was crying at work, and it was this just really stressful day. So that kind of played into it in an interesting way. Um, and then another one. And you really dressed up as like this yeah. coworker of yours. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, well, I forgot his name. Well, or maybe we. Yeah, maybe not. I'm maybe. not going to use his real name. <laughs> right. Um, I, call, I think I called him Daniel Taka Takashi. I think that's what I called him. Yeah. Um, so he's, anyway, he's my, what we call my work husband. Uh, I t he's the one I talk to every day, and, we, and he's one of um, the more interesting people I've ever met in my life. And I find him really, I really think he's great. Um, so that was great to be him, and it just so happened that he was on a cruise to um, Alaska for that week. So I was able to sit in his office and be him and... But then it was so funny because no one blinked. My coworkers, they didn't even yeah. say anything and, and the, about and the it. the image, you were fully dressed up, like super, like you looked like this guy, like pretty yeah. close. I mean. I really did. I, you know, he's a little shorter, face is a little, you know, more square. But you said, but, you, not, you actually took over his office and everything for a day yes. or a week? A day. Um, just the day. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's and nobody was like. Hey, why you dress so crazy? And what are you doing sitting no. at this guy's desk? Nobody. Well, see, so I have to ask. This I think is the the weird, wonderful thing about this project is it's like you did over three months a million art projects, and it sounds like no one at the office blinked even uh, ever for a second. You did weird waggle dances. You did like made people stand like aeroplanes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Do you think it's possible that they were all doing their own art projects, too, at the same time? <laughs> it is possible. It is quite possible. They were just hoping that you wouldn't notice. Well, I think they're artists of life. I really do. They are they're doing their thing. And, and they're, I have to say, it's a large law firm. 
and there's a lot of people there. And for the amount of people that are there, they're all pretty great people, you know? Like, I'm, I don't like my job, I don't like what I do, but the people are quite amazing. And, I, and the people, I, I work in like this little corner and, and you see some of them in the projects like uh, the, the Bee Infinity Dance. Um, they, those are my peeps at work. So those are like the people that you hang out with the most. So exactly. it's a really big law firm, but it must be in that sense, like you just have one kind of tight community. Right. Like Brian, Katie, Kathy, me. Yeah. The four of us. And, and then some, you know, some other characters that come in and out that are just as spontaneous, just as, you know, fun. We always say you've got to be weird to, to, bit, to be in this corner. And because uh, you go... You go throughout the, the floors in the office and you go to our corner and all of a sudden it's very colorful. Like they have all of their like uh, little knickknacks all over, like crazy knickknacks. When I first went there, I was like, whoa, you know, like all the McDonald's toys you get, you know, just lined up. And then just really odd, interesting things that they have. And and they made me feel comfortable when I first started there right away. And But they just went with everything that I did. They went with it. They didn't even question it at all. Do you think it has something to do with like seeing you do something weird or or irregular because there, I assume there's a lot of pressure at this job and a lot of yes a lot of big time responsibility stuff yeah um, do you think like it was just they didn't question it because it was a welcome relief to that sort of thing or exactly no? yeah that's so true and something else that's different about this this area or the people that I work with is you could say you hate your job. And they don't think anything of it. They're like, oh, yeah, I hate my job, too. It's like we, there's this you know, camaraderie or this acknowledgement that we really don't want to be there. Whereas at the other firm I worked at, you had to fake it. Right. You, you really did. And it was really uncomfortable. Like, you couldn't complain and you couldn't, you had to be thankful for having a job. Um, but at my, my place, they were very much welcoming anything to take them away from the daily grind. And, and that's, I... I hope that that was really fun for them. It was fun for me. I mean, it seemed like we all had a lot of fun doing these different projects together. Oh, and, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so it was really cool. There was this other project that we did where I actually passed on the instruction to all my coworkers. So I gave them the instruction to about, to about 10 or 12 people um, to draw you know, an expression of your day-to-day -day or how you feel today. And so that was fun. And so that has created since... Um, they want me to bring them more instructions, and I've kind of started to do that. Uh, so these people want to be interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> they want, you know, to do something different, you know, um, rather than the the boring, everyday, stressful stuff that we do. You think it would change? Well, first of all, do they know you're an an, an artist, capital A? Yes. Um, they do. Um, they know that John and I run a space. John works there, too. Uh, he works there part-time. Uh, so, yeah, they know we're artists, and I, and I think they give the little wink-wink, you're an artist. Right. You know, I, I kind of dress. I don't dress the normal work suits or anything like that. You know, people are always commenting on how unique I look or something. Um, but that being said, do you think if they knew that this was an art project, that it would that they would feel differently or the same or better about it than just like, oh, this is a fun thing we're doing to kind of break up the day? Or would they care? I don't think they'd care. Um, I don't think they know what that means in the context that we understand it. Um, right. 
it's to them, I think being an artist is more of a casual thing, um, not so, or their understanding of it because they don't understand the importance of it in my life or, or our own lives. Um, they don't put as much energy into the, that idea. So they're just glad to be a part of it. Um, and I think that that's great. I mean, I think that's um, a breath of fresh air, really. For sure. Yeah. Breath of fresh air here too. Oh yeah. Even amongst artists. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really important that uh, I don't know. Sometimes art weighs on me, and whenever I make it not weigh on me, it's better. <laughs> did you awesome. did you ever feel nervous doing this stuff? Because I don't know how much you wanted to be not you know go undetected, but did you like? Are you the kind of person who gets nervous, like I do? <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. Even if, yeah, I get nervous with everything. Um, <laughs> but I'm so accustomed to being nervous that it's like, it's always gonna be there. It just all depends, like. Um, but were you nervous about like the, I assume this is what you're asking, Guru Rugu, is like, were you nervous about the repercussions of like, if they were like, hey, wait a minute, Jay's dressed like a dude, and she's not at her desk, she's at that dude's desk. Like, <laughs> like we gotta stop this. Or was that the nerves? Or like, oh, oh you're in trouble now kind of nerves, or? <laughs> yeah, that was there. It was, it was a, a confluence of stuff. I think that was definitely there. And I had to quite often change things up so it wouldn't be so obvious or phrase things in such a way that they wouldn't question it. Um, well, another thing, it was like, like the whole thing was a durational like performance piece. And so another question might be, were you nervous like being given all these instructions by artists who you love and like, were you nervous about like carrying them out and like, and then posting them and then the people being like, where's the Facebook unlike button, you know, or something, you know what I yeah. mean? Like nervous about taking... Of course. Because but, it's all a collaboration. But it you was, took a lot of, li I mean, you took a, a lot. You took some liberties, like I mentioned the, the yeah. airplane thing, or that was originally, the actual instructions were, I'll let you say it. Oh, there was quite a few in that one. Um, and immediately I knew I'd be unable to do it. Um, they, they wanted a, a like contest. A full, full airplane, paper airplane folding contest. Right, and I, was, I had to videotape it and yeah. then get people's responses. Um, I had to do all these things and I was like, oh, well. You know, I know that can't happen, so how am I going to make this work? And I actually made the airplanes, and I was going to do it, and then I was like, that was the beauty about the spontaneity of, of doing it, is quite often um, I would try and think about things in advance, and I would begin to do it, and be like, you know what, this isn't working out. And then all of a sudden, without even thinking about it, I was like, oh, I'll just do this. Yeah, and and that's and they're great photos. The, the like everyone making like the gesture as if they're an airplane. Yeah, which it, they're they're really whimsical, fun photos. Um, we're gonna uh, play a piece called Trash Talking, and I think that that piece in particular is a great example of how you took some instructions and really like interpreted them, like to even a better advantage almost, you know, or like you just made something that I couldn't have imagined like would have come from those instructions at all, which is, was a great surprise. So can you maybe just set us up for that piece by telling us what those instructions were and? 
So trash talk is the second part of an instruction given to me by Eric, Eric Niebuhr, wherein he basically sa uh, says, he quotes uh, Jasper Johns and says, um, it's like an artist tip, it's like take, take something and do something else with it, you know, something other than its intended purpose. Um, and so I thought about it for a little while and, and using like some sort of stream of consciousness, I came up with, okay, well, what does trash do? To, you know, what is trash? Well, trash talk. So, <laughs> so I made the trash talk. Trash talk. You must have been born on a highway because that's where most accidents happen. Your birth certificate is an apology letter from the condom factory. Shut up! You'll never be the man your mother is. Do you want to learn? Do you want to lose ten pounds of ugly fat? Cut off your head. Oh, these are a lot. Your family tree must be a cactus because everybody on it is a prick. I don't, I don't exactly hate you, but if you were on fire and I had water, I'd drink it. Am I getting smart with you? How would you know? like your face caught on fire and someone tried to put it out with a hammer. I'd like to see things from your point of view, but I can't seem to get my head that far up my ass. Well, I could agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. You may not be the best looking girl here, but beauty is only a light switch away. So, I thought, a thought crossed your mind? Must have been a long and lonely journey. You stare at frozen juice cans because they say, concentrate.
You are proof that God has a sense of humor. If assholes could fly, this place would be an airport. Welcome back to The People on Kei Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Ben White. And I'm Matthew Timmons. If you're in Chinatown, Los Angeles, you can listen to The People by setting your dial to 1630 AM or listen to the live stream at kchungradio.org. That's K-C-H-U-N-G radio.org. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. The show is hosted by Insert Blanc Press. Go to insertblancpress.net and click on The People at the top of the page to find out more about the show. Our guests today on The People are Jay Erker and Guru Rugu. Welcome to The People, Guru Rugu. Thank you, Matt and Ben, for having me here. Absolutely. It's great to be, and it's an honor to be on the program with fabulous Jay Erker. And in this fantastic show, which I have, that I have surrounding us right here, it's really stunning. Um, it's really stunning and beautiful. It's a very imaginative space. Yes, and I'm very honored to, to be a part of this, so thank you. And thanks, of course, to all the people who are listening right now. Uh, so what do you got for us? Are you going to share some stuff with us or talk to us? or? Um, sure. Well, uh, what, do we, what do we want to talk about, Ben? Oh, my. We want to talk about you and maybe your and your practice, and what you, oh. what you do, what it means to be Guru Rugu, and how well, you help people. And in, in the show, you've got a series of uh, Guru Rugu's Tractatus. <laughs> that, sound, that sounded a little bit like truck tacos, and made me <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> made a series made of me truck really hungry. Well, uh, I I was I love the word Tractatus. Um, or tractatus. Yeah, we call them tractatus. Why don't you tell us how to say it? Yeah, I actually had to, look, I had to look it up, and uh, I listened to various, like, pronunciations. And it's a, the A's are, it's supposed to be uh, the first one, tra, like, ah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the second one is supposed to be, like, a longer A, apparently. Like, the, the I feel like it's, it's a Latin word that we just wouldn't even pronounce in the way that, you know, it was originally pronounced in Latin because we just speak differently. You, you know, but uh, I listened to a bunch of different like online recordings of the way you're supposed to pronounce it, and it's like tractatus. And it's just like I, you know, I can't be like talking to someone and be like, yeah, you know, I really like this collection of tractatus. <laughs> yeah, I cannot believe this. I'm so embarrassed. I'm gonna as soon as I get back to the experimental meditation center, I think I'm gonna fire some of my interns because they. <laughs> They promised me it was tractatus. Tractatus. Yeah. So. But I think what's important is that it rhymes with, you know, when you say, "Oh, it's Guru Rugu's tractatus." Oh, it's, it's nice, that's why it's they nice, liked it. Like rhythmic rhyming kind of thing. It just you know trips off the tongue. Yeah. See. Yeah. Well, what those, are they? those interns? I mean, they're brilliant, but they're also a little sloppy. Yeah, I see. It, this is funny because we're here. We're talking about the sound and rhythm of the word, and like, I'm. I don't know if any of the listeners out there know what a tractatu or a tractatus is. So, can you tell us what they what that is? Well, honestly, I don't really know what they are either. But Guru Rugu's tractatus um, are a series of publications that uh, we've been uh, putting together since February of last year, 2012. Um, and it's super sporadic. It doesn't, it's not, we think of it as a semi-monthly thing, meaning that it, 
we aim to try and do something every month, but then there might be several months off. Um, and so the very first one uh, happened in February of last year, um, and it was an insert for, uh, for a publication that came out, Native Strategies. Um, and then several months went by, and uh, we decided to get much more serious about the Tractatus, and uh, that coincided with a trip that we uh, made to Portugal, and then through different places in Europe, and then finally to Miami over a period of about five months. And so uh, now there are about, um, uh, I can't remember how many, but there's probably about 12 or 13 of them now. And they range, the, so they're publications, the Tractatus are publications, inspir uh, I, we say either inspirational or inspirational, inspirational. Um, literature um, that we distribute. And by publication, I mean uh, some of them, one of them is a towel that you've printed Yeah, on. so one of them is a, is a beach towel publication that um, we produced while in Miami this summer, while we were in residence at Cannonball. We had the Experimental Meditation Center of Los Angeles was in residence there. And uh, uh, we collaborated with... Um, Tom Wheeler from uh, Turn-Based Press to produce a series of screen-printed beach towels mm -hmm. where we found used beach, uh, thrift store beach towels um, and uh, published uh, uh, some inspirational language and images on them. And uh, there's, there's, one, uh, there's one of them, well, two of them on display right now as we speak in the, uh, in the fabulous exhibition that's here. Um, so yeah, there's beach towel publication, there's um, some postcards uh, that were converted. I'm very interested in conversion in general and converting people and being converted. Um, converting things in this case. Yes. Yeah, um, and so, uh, so there's, a, there's some Miami um, uh, postcards, tourist postcards that have been converted to the wisdom and inspiration of, of, of of, actually, I forget what the, the, I think the one that we have is called My MI yeah. Affir Affirmations. And so uh, hopefully can, we find them a little in inspiring. Can I, can I do something, can we do something that now in the middle that we should have done at the beginning? Which is is to that to take our clothes off? Yes. <laughs> no, to put them back on. And to rub our beards together. Yes. <laughs> um, but could you introduce yourself? You're such a ubiquitous president, presence and president in Los Angeles um, that I kind of forgot that you should probably tell listeners who aren't familiar with you and your modus operandi uh, about like who you are and what you do and what the non-centered center does. Yeah. Well, first off, I'm very flattered to be described as with the word like ubiquitous, which is also one of those that I've always had trouble pronouncing, but I really love because it has a Q you, in there and a U. Uh, you, what, what's that? Ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. Oh, maybe we can, yeah. That's the next series. It's like a, another version of uh, Beatitudes. Oh, yeah. Ubiquitous. I just learned how to pronounce Beatitudes, actually, by the way. Actually, maybe you helped me do that. Thank you, I think. I think that was you. Um, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I t actually am not sure if I agree with the ubiquitous, because I, I tend to have a, a low self-esteem when it comes to whether people actually are paying attention um, and, uh, but, uh, but I have a faith, you know, I have faith that, um, like many artists, 
uh, that I just need to do the things that I need to do. Um, and, um, and so there's the half of it, which is that there are things I need to do. And then there's a uh, part of my interest lies in that faith that guides many of us to do things that uh, are um, sometimes interesting. Uh, as Jay was saying, the things that sometimes make us nervous uh, that have to take place in odd places like workplaces. Um, and then thing, you know, and artists are always having to, always feel compelled to do things that um, maybe they, they are, it's not like financially reasonable or uh, anyways, that's actually not the bulk of my practice. I don't know why I'm talking about that. But, um, but anyways, I'm just really interested in, um, in language and the language of healing and the language of religion and the language of spirituality and the practice of it, both the way that it's talked about and what actually happens, and which so I think are actually two very different things. Indeed. Right. And so the Experimental Meditation Center, can you tell us about that? When was it founded? Yeah, so Adam Overton, one of my collaborators, Adam Overton, and I founded that in 1971. And the Experimental Meditation Center has no center, um, which means that we're not really sure what experimental meditation is. In fact, we don't really re even agree with the name of it because we feel that all meditation is experimental by default. But it's not always treated that way in, in culture. Um, what not, there's a lot, I mean, but when you look at it, when you actually look closely, there's a lot of different kinds of meditations and, and, uh, and a lot of different ways of looking at the world and at, um, at how to perceive that world and how to engage with that world. And there's a lot of gurus and guruettes and, or, or is it guruinis, I don't know. And there's yogi, like everybody, there, there's all these people, let's bring it back to the show, there's all these people adapting these systems, these fabulous systems that they get from their minds, that they get from aliens, that they get from other gurus and guruinis. It's, uh, it's a fabulously appropriative system. It's a fabulously, um, you know, it's linked to both the realms of appropriation and to the, and also to the realms of like, you know, you know, the the genius writer who channels from God, the divine, uh, whatnot. So anyways, I, 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 I love it all. And there's a lot, and all I see are creative people writing and leading and facilitating. I think that's a really important part too, is very just interested in what it means to facilitate something for other people, like you guys are doing here with your radio program. The people is a frame. It's, we could call it a magic circle. Let's um, please do that. It is. Um, I can feel it. Um, uh, and it's a place. It's a place where you are giving people permission to do things that maybe they wouldn't normally do or for a little bit longer than they might normally do. Um, and I think both gurus and yoga teachers and artists and performers and composers do that for people. They provide a moment of reflection and or meditation, um, were you, et cetera, uh, et cetera. Today, uh, here, right now, were you planning on uh, facilitating some kind of experimental meditation for us and our listeners uh, right now on the, on the people, on the radio show? Yeah, totally. Um, I thought, yeah. yeah, I think that would be great. Um, 
I don't know uh, how, how long it could be, but um, maybe we could just do something for like three or four minutes. Sounds Perfect. Does that yeah. sound good? Uh, so I'll need your help with this. This is, I do a lot of collaborative meditations. I get, I get kind of tired of, I mean, I love hearing my own voice in meditation. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that you say, you know, I, I hate hearing the sound of my voice, and then you talk for another, like, 20 minutes. But <laughs> it is true. I do get tired of hearing it. And I like to open up meditation sometimes, certain kinds of meditations, to the participation of others, so that others have a chance to feel what it feels like to lead a meditation. And this one, um, I think what we could do is, um, since we're on a radio show, and since it's about people or the people, mm -hmm. Um, and since everybody loves shout-outs, I've been thinking a lot about how shout-outs are this very, like, kind of cleansing thing that, you know, certain DJs, if you really listen, they understand the power of shout-outs to liberate people, um, that people sit by their radio and wait, and wait. You know, angry friends who have, you know, it's, oftentimes it's friends who have other friends who are radio DJ hosts. They're, like, sitting there waiting hoping that they'll get a shout out. Or if their friend is on a show, they're like, well, is he gonna, is he gonna say it? Is he gonna like, acknowledge me? Um, but I think what we could do is uh, uh, just a, do a little meditation where we just focus on acknowledging people out there on the other side of our magic circle who are listening or not listening um, and send a little shout out to them, healing shout out. And maybe we could just go around in a circle and say, this shout out goes to, or uh, how about this healing shout out goes to blank. And we could do that for a few minutes. Does that sound? Sounds great. That sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. And so I think when we're doing it, I think it's a matter of, I mean, the language is there and people will get something from it even if you don't mean it. But if you could really just kind of center your energy somewhere, I don't know whether it's, you know, find a place in your throat or in your root chakra or something, just try and send something to that person that's pre or post-lingual about your shout out. And I'll, I'll begin, and maybe we can just go clockwise. So, this healing shout out goes out to Solomon Bothwell. This healing shout out goes out to my mother, Lydia Urker. This healing shout out goes out to Patrick McKinney. This healing shout out goes out to John Bartle. This healing shout-out goes out to Chris Naimi. This healing shout-out goes out to John Mills. This healing shout-out goes out to Kim Calder. This healing shout-out goes out to Chris Naimi. This healing shout-out goes out to Stephen Van Dyke. This healing shout-out 
goes out to Keanu Reeves. <laughs> this healing shout out goes out to Mace Flieger. This healing shout out goes out to Yana Larson. This healing shout out goes out to Nancy Pop. This healing shout out goes out to Tuni Chatterjee. This healing shout out goes out to Aline White. This healing shout out goes out to Stacia Timmons. This healing shout out goes out to coworkers and colleagues everywhere. This healing shout out goes out to Michelle Carla Handel. This healing shout out goes out to Edward McGowan. This healing shout out goes out to Dante. This healing shout out goes out to Sarah E. Williams. This healing shout out goes out to the man suffering from MS that I met yesterday. This healing shout out goes out to Scott Sinkowski. This healing shout out goes out to Amanda Monitosh. This healing shout out goes out to everybody. Now we clearly could go on for ever, ever, um, but uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's enough for right now. I, I actually want to do on, uh, what, I mean, one thing to mention is I also have a show on K-Chung Radio, K Guru Rugu's Experimental Meditation Hour. It's every first Sunday of the month from 10 to 11 p.m. And I hope to one day dedicate an entire show to the healing properties of shout-outs. So, but that was fantastic. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Y'all, and I'm fun. sure all the people we've shouted out to really appreciate your efforts. That was so, great. It's, yeah, how do you feel? I feel like you said it's like this cleansing. Like, I, I don't know. I feel better. Seriously. I, I feel like yeah. I got a long list of people. Yeah. I feel like I maybe betrayed some people by not putting them at the top of the list. <laughs> so after the meditation, I feel uptight and guilty, as per usual. Um, yeah. But I... <laughs> But it's good. <laughs> well, it's, it's worth knowing that at the Experimental Meditation Center of Los Angeles, that's all right. I think there's a general misconception that after meditations, you're supposed to feel like really fresh and great and maybe cleansed of like all of the horrible things that you've done in your life. But in fact, <laughs> in experimental meditation, it doesn't necessarily have to fit that therapeutic uh, tropes that were, you know, people tell us about. And uh, so there's nothing wrong with feeling guilty after an experimental meditation or uncomfortable or... Or feeling like there's more, more to do, which I think are all pretty natural and oh yeah, just, and useful impulses. And you just describe me to a T. 
Um, it also, I was, I was interested that it took the form, or it's similar to the form of um, this thing that I uh, kind of end up doing every Thanksgiving, you know, because it's November, uh, uh, where you're at dinner and people sort of go around the table and say what they're thankful for. Have you guys ever experienced this? Oh my gosh, this? your family's so progressive. It's not my family. Not my family. <laughs> <laughs> Friends. Friends, you know, um, which makes me, uh, I'm not a big fan of it, even though it's a really great thing. I'd rather it take this form. It's, it's a lot more sort of regimented. But um, there's always, because it's always a weird thing where you go around and, and you feel obligated to say, because you know, you're there with your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your partner, or whatever, you kind of, you'll always feel obligated to say, oh, well, I'm, th you know, I'm thankful for you, Lisa, of course, my lovely wife. And then you guys, of course, you know, for having us over. And it's this kind of rote, insincere thing, you know? And yeah. this, this little meditation seemed, somehow it was easier to escape that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, we did pull a little thing where, like Jay said, John, and I was like, oh shit, I, got, I mean, oh shoot, I've gotta, I've gotta say camp, like duh, you know? Yeah. Like it was that same sort of like, oh yeah, 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 right? Um, but do you know what I mean? Like that, it, but it basically escapes that dumbness. Yeah. I think. And that reminds me, it all, I always feel really guilty. Like if I can, I'm just going to say a little healing shout out to Tofurky because I feel like during Thanksgiving, when that happens, you can't say that like, cause you have to focus on people. It's true. Usually, at least in my crowd. But, um, but, but Tofurky is like your jam. No, actually I, I, I prefer not to eat it, but I feel like there are a lot of tofus sacrificed every Thanksgiving now that weren't sacrificed before gurus like I came around. <laughs> for, but it's for the good of man, <laughs> ultimately. Um, so where were we? I, you know, we I were love just, these moments. We were meditating. This, ha this happens in my, in my show. Like I have these moments, these epiphanies where my mind goes blank and I have no idea what to say next. Well, I actually wanted to ask you about... But not, then I do say to, something. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I can't go on. I must go on. So I wanted to ask you about the prayer cards that, you, that you've made. Like, uh, there's the St. Dominique and the St. Trayvon Martin. And I incidentally met St. Dominique uh, last month, actually, at Keichung. Oh, did she come to you in a, in a vision? Well, you could say that. She was just there I in the booth. I saw her there. That was it. But yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Was this a real person? I had a vision of St. Dominique, but it was the real person, yes. It was the person oh. on the card whose name, honestly, I introduced myself, she introduced herself, and right now I cannot remember her real name because I just think of her as oh, St. Dominique. Oh, you know what? I think um, I, I don't want to burst your bubble. Oh, no. Or whatever, burst your something. But um, I think what, who you met was Dominique Gilliou. Oh, yes. Who is a French artist who's yes. um, currently visiting Los Angeles as a resident over at Otis. That's um, right. And, uh, and I met her uh, in early 2012, January 2012, because she came to the Experimental Meditation Center of Los Angeles and did a two-week residency there. Right. Three-week, two-week, as part of something that Machine Project was putting together. Um, and, um, but... A lot of people, just like I get mis mistaken for other artists and people in Los Angeles a lot, um, 
uh, Dominique Gilliou also bears a lot of a very similar resemblance, some people say, to the Saint Dominique of Paris, but they are not, not the, the same, same person. Okay. Um, because Saint Dominique of Paris was martyred, you know, Maybe. centuries ago. Oh, okay. And only recently uncovered um, by uh, some, some friends of mine in, uh, in Paris when we were there in May. Mm. Um, and uh, I discovered uh, uh, a card, a prayer card for St. Dominique. And in fact, we didn't actually design the card. We kind of found it um, and reclaimed it um, and at, at the flat of um, Chloe Fercoute and uh, Javier Toscano, mm. two, two wonderful people in Paris. And so, yes, that, um, so it bears the, that, that card bears the resemblance of St. Dominique of Paris. Um, and, uh, yeah, just very inspiring um, figure for me. I, I, had, uh, I, I won't get into it. There's a publication that uh, you and I are putting together mm -hmm. right now, yeah. a part of Insert Press, uh, uh, The Confessions of Guru Rugu, the story of St. Dominique of Paris. Um, that's about my story you know, how I came across her. But, um, so if you're interested in that story, you can check that out. It will, it's available here right now. I'm holding can you give it us a little, at the, at the show. Can you give us a little taste of what but, she was about? Um, well, it's more about, uh, you know, I, it's hard for me to articulate what she is about, but what I can say is right before I discovered her in May of last year, I was in Portugal for the first time, um, on a residency for, two weeks, and Portugal was the first very Catholic place I've ever been, but Catholic at a genetic level, not at a, uh, I mean, there, I went to Catholic churches there, and I went to masses, and I met the priest, but it was, but that wasn't, like, everything is Catholic there, um, and, um, and that was really kind of a profound and interesting experience, um, uh, coming from a very secular um, country and a very semi-secular artist community. And um, so, but one thing that I had trouble, I learned a lot about saints while I was there. Um, and, uh, and there were some local saints, there was a local saint there named San Macario who I learned about. And I also discovered a saint named uh, St. Portugal Telecom, who we also made a, a pamphlet for that's available here. Um, but I loved learning about the saints, but I didn't necessarily, while they were, it was very interesting, I didn't find any that I particularly connected with directly in the way that I saw other people connecting with them until I got to Paris um, and met and saw this card. And it was just one of those epiphanies that one has, or I don't know if that's the right word. It was just, it was a miracle. Like I saw a bright flash of light and, and ended up you know, having conversations with St. Dominique of Paris um, and had a vision. Um, and so that's illustrated in uh, the Confessions of Guru Rugu, um, the story of St. Dominique of, of Paris. Um, but one thing just to say about that, uh, you know, one thing I'm really interested in saints is that saints ultimately, well, not ultimately, they serve in lots of ways, but from what I've taken from reading Wikipedia for two and a half weeks in Portugal about saints, is that they serve as a, they serve as a, you know, you're supposed to do as they did. They're a form, they're, you know, if you're really going for it, you're, you are acting in imitation of uh, these, uh, these saints, that you are, um, yeah, 
doing as they do. And that's something I feel much more comfortable with instead of trying to invent. You know, because I'm, I'm on a, you know, I'm on the beatification track, you know, right now. I want to get there sometime. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I don't have, I, I don't, I'm not that creative. So I look to the, to St. Dominique to give me ideas for ways to better myself. And Are you, is, um, is Guru Rugu associated with an institution um, other than the Center for uh, Meditation? Um, yeah, Guru Rugu. Guru Rugu Productions. I don't know what, uh, how I want to call my enterprises. I mean, it's it's ideally a worldwide thing that is. W w I'm very interested in spin-offs and and whatnot. Um, I guess you could say the Experimental Meditation Center is a spin-off of uh, of the Los Angeles Meditation Ghostwriters Guild, the LAMGG, which which I helped co-found in 1955, I think. Um, but then there's some other groups like Signify, Sanctify, Believe, which I've collaborated with, along with Tanya Rubach, Adam Overton, and Claire Cronin, which featured a lot of other LA artists, et cetera. So there's a, lot, there's a bunch of spin-offs and groups and subgroups and splinter groups and... Guru is uh, affiliated and in, in, in has an affinity for affiliation, I think. Yes. Well, the reason I bring and words it up, that start with The reason yes. I bring it up is because, as, you, as you're aware, the Catholic Church, um, in order to become a saint, you have to do certain things. So with the institutions that Guru Rugu is a part of, what do you think would be the challenges for Guru Rugu to undertake in order to achieve beatitude? Well, first of all, you need um, literature. You need um, small pamphlets that you give out that with Tactitude. an email address because one of the main things is um, you, uh, people have to pray to you mm. and hope uh, as an intercessor so that you will intercede on their behalf and, and send a little message to mm. Jesus or other divine beings. And ultimately so that you something happens, like you either witness a miracle or healed or something like that. And um, what you're supposed to do if that happens is you email. So if someone prays to Guru, I don't think you have to do this after you're dead by the way. I think that's a myth. Um, so for instance, if someone were to pray to Guru Rugu to intercede on their behalf, and then something miraculous happens, like they get, they win the lottery, or they get a time slot on K-Chung Radio, or they get to be the next guest Both on The People. Both equally miraculous. <laughs> if something miraculous happens, then they just send an email to guru.h.rugu at gmail.com, and you report this because you, um, basically you need, I think, two miracles minimum. And then you report that to the, to the Vatican or whatnot. So, so we want to um, encourage all of our listeners to do that, to email you, if, or to pray to yeah. you first. And it's guru.h.rugu at gmail.com. And I think that we're almost out of time, so we're going to have to leave it right there. But Jay Erker and Guru Rugu, thank you for being on The People. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thank on you guys. The people. The people. The people. The people. The people. The people. You've been listening to The People on K Chung, 1630 AM. And you can also find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show.